0: This podcast is sponsored by Great White Hot Sauce. It's a small batch, handmade hot sauce, made specially for you. So if you like hot sauce, you'll love Great White Hot Sauce. It's the hot sauce that bites back. Find it at www.trygreatwhite.com. Did you know the first and only band to play on all seven continents is... Metallica. Well, if you didn't know, now you know. And on this episode, more music talk. We're going to talk a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Maybe you'll agree with us, maybe you won't. Listen in and find out.
1: Five, four, three, two, one. Zero All Engine Running. Lift off. We have a liftoff. The KOFB Studio presents milk crates and turntables a music discussion podcast hosted by Scott McLean with his co-host, Jack Calabrese. Now, let's talk music. Enjoy the show.
0: Thank you, Amanda, for that wonderful introduction as usual. Welcome to the podcast. As usual, I'm not going to say the name of the podcast because you're either listening or you're watching or you're doing both. So this week, another mixtape conversation. I think that's kind of, we hit our groove, me and my co-host. You know, that guy, the guy that tonight is dressed like he's walking through the hills of Scotland, Hortman! my co-host, Jack Calabrese. <laughs> As he doesn't, come on, <laughs> I can't, uh-oh. See, here we go. This is the This is a live stream podcast, and right now, Jack is frozen. He's frozen on the screen (laughs) as he's supposed to, uh, is he there? Are you there, Jack? You are frozen. You, does New Hampshire have Wi-Fi? Because you're frozen again. Don't give me my 12 minutes.
1: frozen. Somebody can't get it up going on here.
0: Can't get, what? What did we just walk in on?
1: What the hell did you just say? a bit like a diamond from what i understand
0: uh your video is all messed up anyways this 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 will work itself out i guess we'll see how this goes <laughs> count to 3 jack one a two a three okay your video's lagging but as long as you can hear me we can have the conversation cuz it's not about the live stream it's about the podcast so Okay, before, before we get started, um, a friend of ours, a friend of Jack and I, her daughter uh, is a recording artist, and her name is Kia Romani. K-E-A-R-O-M-A-N-I, Kia Romani. And she has a single out right now on SoundCloud called Fallback, and her album will be coming out October 30th. So give her a listen on SoundCloud. And uh, tell her, milk crates and turntables sent you. So,
1: moving on. How <laughs> you doing, Jack? I'm well. Although you keep freezing up, man.
0: Me too. I
1: don't, and I don't, I don't mean the you know, movement. I don't. I don't know if it's on your end or my end, but you keep freezing up. How's the audio? The audio is better, but it was freezing up at one point.
0: Oh boy. Okay. Well. Whatever's not there won't be there. So, um, you're out, huh? This is you're back. I know. I was just out. You were out. Oh boy. Ah, here we go. Okay. So, anyways, do you remember? First of all, you ready to do a good show?
1: I am ready to do a good show.
0: All right. So, do you remember? The first episode you came on as my co-host.
1: It was what thirty episodes ago?
0: Uh, just about.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, I do remember. It was kind of a a one time thing, you know. I'm the guest that would never leave.
0: <laughs> do you remember which episode it was, though?
1: I think it was episode two, three. Well, what was what was it? What was the topic? I don't remember. I honestly don't remember.
0: Cuz Jack Jack he he lives in the moment. He he never goes back and re-listens to the podcast. But <laughs> I don't it have was the time. Greatest,
1: huh? I don't have the time to go back and listen to him. I got to hang out with Deb and go to the Home Depot, maybe bed bath and beyond. I I don't know if we'll have enough time, you know. Do, do you Pretty have good a good Saturday? You,
0: are you riding a bike or do you have a, a car?
1: <laughs> you know, I,
0: I, podcasts can be played in a car. You know, most people listen to their podcasts in the car yeah
1: right? but you know what i do you know what i do in my car instead of listening to podcasts fall
0: asleep behind the wheel no i talk to you
1: oh <laughs> hey that's
0: better than the podcast <laughs> yeah it was the greatest guitar solo episode which actually has become our number one listened to uh podcast episode
1: um Man, i can't i can't led zeppelin number,
0: yeah. led zeppelin was in the lead for a long time and uh For some reason, greatest guitar solo episode has uh, overtaken Led Zeppelin. Wow. You know, in listening back, I listened to it again today. And we've come a long way, buddy. We've come a long way in 30 episodes and 30 podcast episodes. You sounded like you were in a tin can, like it was a (laughs) Zoom meeting. And I had had a, a different microphone that wasn't really the most quality microphone. That I made Jack buy, and then I turned around and bought the the Shore MV7, and then I made Jack buy that one too. So, whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. We Let's both back have up a second. I think I had the Shore 7 before you did. Oh, get out of town. You did not. I have think that. I did. No. I think I did. I'll
0: have to go to the tapes. No, nope, S- I don't believe Scott,
1: you. Scott, Scott, the engineer. Nah. Nah. No, I don't believe you. Anyways. Can, can, can I make it interesting? Uh, no, because you always
0: welch on the bets. Let, let's get into the music. Let's get into the music.
1: How dare you call it? Highlander.
0: Highlander. God. Highlander. Yeah. I bet you're wearing a kilt below the you know, below the desk there.
1: I've got nothing on below desk. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, okay. I just saw that coming. So, yeah, we talked about, I talked about uh, what I thought was probably the greatest guitar solo most people have never heard, and it's uh, ma- Maggot Brain. By uh, Funkadelic,
1: by the the late great uh, Eddie Hazel. And is this is this a situation where you're willing to tempt fate and maybe play it on your phones for our listeners?
0: No, I I could. Um, I don't want to do that right now. Uh, it's a ten minute song. It has a very slow intro,
1: and okay. I just thought so nice. you might want to play the guitar solo. That's all.
0: Yeah, no, uh, it, it's it's a. Uh, it's okay. Maybe next episode. I just wanted to bring it up and say that you know, it was done under the influence of LSD, evidently. But it is uh, highly regarded as one of the greatest guitar solos. So go to YouTube, go to Amazon, uh, Apple Music, whichever, or Spotify, and and listen to uh, listen to Maggot Brain by Funkadelic, and and you won't regret it. It's a it's a great guitar solo.
1: I couldn't but, even tell you what I what I countered with during that conversation. I mean, there's so many great guitar solos out there, so many great guitar players. Oh, it's amazing. And even
0: you know, today, I was listening to something. I'm like, that's a great guitar solo. And that's why I think we've kind of broadened the uh, our format and kind of touch on everything. Now, we'll focus on certain things every once in a while. But I think when we first started out, that's what we were really, we were trying hard to focus on specific topics and this podcast having no end in sight um we'll run out of topics if we do that <laughs> there's no doubt we will be repeating topics we'll be you know so we'll be touching on different topics uh from time to time
1: i don't know if we'd forward. ever run out of topics if we you know tackled things specifically hey think about it you know rock and roll what f- late 50s early 60s you know, that gives us a good 60 years' worth of material to draw from.
0: Oh, wait a minute. Somebody, uh, one of the friends of the show, Mark Flynn, just commented in, Jack didn't have a dang thing before Scott. And you're right, Mark Flynn. You are
1: 100% right. He did, He's he's absolutely right. Prior to this, school, uh, this uh, show, I was not a podcaster. didn't own any of the equipment. No, he no.
0: Could- as a matter of fact, you were working as a waitress in a cocktail bar when I first answer. met you.
1: Oh god. That <laughs> yeah. was that when I was working as a cocktail waitress.
0: Yeah, you were working as a waitress in a cocktail bar when I when I met you. So yeah. Well. yeah. Now you now you're a star. Yeah, look star. at me. Yes. Yeah. Um yeah. so this this kind of dawned on me. So we have we have Marvin, we have Smokey, we have Teddy, right? You know who needs to finish that finish that off to become to the 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 grand slam who do you think should finish that off
1: and I don't think he gets enough credit today. are you going backwards or forwards because uh, you know there's there's a couple of people it's the same, same
0: time was- it was all around the same time
1: um, Sam Cook
0: nah nope. Now uh, this this is the the, the the to to finish off the grand slam. I gotta say, yeah, Ma- Mark Flynn commented in with the answer,
1: Barry White. Barry White's amazing. Barry White I was. Don't don't you wish? I mean, look, you and I have gone to see you two and the police and you know corn and Pearl Jam and whatnot. You I saw you the
0: Vandross and uh, Anita Baker at the Boston. Yeah, don't,
1: don't, don't you wish you let your guard down a little bit and you went and saw Barry White?
0: If he was around when we were going to concerts, I would have went. But he never he, he was. was
1: no, he, no, no, no. He, he wasn't was. really in
0: that. Uh, okay, I know what you mean. He wasn't in the realm of popularity. Uh, at a certain point, he kind of fell but, off.
1: He he wasn't he wasn't popular in our circles, right? But they they were touring, and you can mention a number of different uh, you know performers, like you and I probably have had many opportunities to see Smokey Robinson in his prime, yeah. you know Stevie Wonder in his prime, you know uh, Aretha Franklin, you know any of those people. But instead, we were going out to see the Thompson Twins. They were very. They were that was a good show, actually. That, that was a yeah. It was it was a very good show. Yeah, yeah. But, they put on a good show, believe it or not. But you think about the legends that passed right between our fingers. Yeah. We just didn't have the presence of mind. We weren't listening to that type of music. We regarded it as maybe an uncool or out of style or our parents' music or whatnot. You know what?
0: I, I I don't know if that's so much the case for me. I think it was, you know, Barry White was all over the radio in the 70s. It was almost yeah. like you took it for granted more than you blew yeah. it off sure you know you knew all his songs you listened to all the songs he wasn't you know listen i i probably listened to more barry white songs than i have smokey robinson songs you know um it, it's just that's what we grew up with barry white was popular on the radio you had a,
1: but why a why didn't why didn't we go and see him
0: that's a good I again i think we just took it for granted that he's you know he's barry white and it's like really well, that, no big deal because we hear
1: him all the time and that's, that's when my, he would go ahead go ahead that, that is my point exactly is yeah. that you and i probably more so than some other people had the opportunity to see some legends but we kind of took them for granted and said you know, okay, Tony Bennett is playing over at Symphony Hall, but I'm going to go see Guns N' Roses instead because I want to go see Guns N' Roses. And there's nothing wrong with going to see Guns N' Roses, but we let a bunch of legends yeah. slip through our hands. Yeah,
0: especially when he had the Love Unlimited Orchestra. I mean, yeah, he yeah. he had literally an entire orchestra that he would conduct and sing. I mean, that must have been a phenomenal show to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you think about it, you know, like even in the early '80s, how many times did we probably have the opportunity to see James Brown, and just it just wasn't on our radar. Yeah, yeah, I
0: think James Brown again when he did "Living in America," I kind of soured on him. I thought that was kind of a it was well, it was a sellout song for for the movie Rocky Two, was it or Rocky Three, whichever one it was. But I yeah, James was- Brown and you look back and you're like, Damn. and plus he was, a, he was all over the news, you know, crackhead or on Coke and getting chased by the police. And he went to prison. And so I don't know how much touring he was really doing in the eighties. He
1: was, he was doing a lot of touring. Was he? My, my, my point is, is that we had the opportunity to see a number of icons and yeah. kind of let them, you know, kind of slip through our, our fingers. That's all. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt.
0: And, uh, you know, like they say, youth is wasted on the young. If we only knew true. then what we know now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you got? You got anything?
1: You got any topics? I, I, I got a, I got a bunch of things. So, so yeah, have you seen see, the latest, or not the latest episode or the latest issue, but Rolling Stone came out with their 100 greatest songs of all time. What's their number one? Huh. <laughs> greatest song of all time. Now you got to remember that this kind of spans from, I don't know, the early fifties to current day. And they've done this list before. Oh, yeah, They've, yeah. they've, uf- they've updated this list, right? So this isn't picked by the um, staff of Rolling Stone. It goes well beyond that. And it incorporates the input of a lot of people in the music industry, like, you know the edge or Rick Rubin or a number of different people so
0: number one song of all time again the common answer would be uh as it was for us growing up but like you said it's been updated it was always stairway to heaven right? that yeah freaking song
1: now but, oh it, it goes listen it goes stop back. stop there it is the train uh, and it's not the midnight train to Georgia Oh okay.
0: There it is. Okay. I <laughs> show my time. You will listen to that train every episode.
1: Thank you. I, I hear it multiple times <laughs> as every we, night. As we find almost, out every week. <laughs> it's 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 almost like living in Winthrop where you know the planes went over here, your head and people said, Man. <laughs>
0: I love that every time I hear yeah.
1: every time I hear it.
0: So back to the list.
1: Bit, okay. So so think of uh, 60s, Soul. I would say it's a Marvin Gaye song. Ah, Good guess. Good guess. The number one song of the 500 greatest songs of all time, as reported by Rolling Stone magazine, is R-E-S-B-E-C-T. Oh, interesting. As, as sung by... Aretha Franklin Aretha Franklin written yeah. by Otis Redding
0: Oh yeah yeah Yep Um I think, that, I that's, think that's I I don't know if I would say, I mean again it's it's Rolling Stone and I don't know how they do these lists how they compile these lists but
1: they you know what I think they love the fact that some of the uh, picks are controversial So you go you know number 1 is Respect number 2 is fight the power by Public Enemy.
0: That's a great song. I is never would guess that's number two, but that is a great song. That Literally. I was into. I was into that whole scene, and that's a, that's a, a that's a great rap song. That's a, it's a- epic rap song. As Jack just froze God. up again.
1: What's that? Is it the number two greatest song of all time?
0: No, no, no. So, see this is what i mean now rolling stone and I'm, we don't get political on this show but it's a it's a it's it's a rag and they're, <laughs> they want to be inclusive and they want to be diversified and so you put public enemy eric b and rakim had better rap songs than public enemy rakim was the greatest rapper of all time and chuck d is he's in the he's in the top 10 possibly the top five but I, I would, nah, <laughs> no. Microphone Fiend by Eric B. and Rakim is a much better song than Fight the Power, well, that- if you ask me. You know? So what's number three?
1: Number three is A Change Is Gonna Come by Sam Cooke, which is an iconic song, no doubt, no question. Love it. One of my favorites. Give me number four.
0: I see a trend uh, here.
1: And, and that, that that's as far as I can go but number four which i i actually believe uh, that this is worthy of being number four is like a rolling stone by bob dylan Ugh. not my
0: book i like tangled up in blue better than like a rolling stone but rolling like a rolling stone is a good song I, i'm not gonna it's, knock bob dylan uh, wait, i like minute, i like the song you know but
1: change in the music
0: Jack's cutting in and out
1: right now. Kick last, off of the real 60s.
0: Yeah, but that does, so so because it has a, a, a you know, it doesn't make it the, the because it kicked off the 60s, or that, the second half of the 60s, whenever it, came, it doesn't make it a great, great song, you know? But
1: it is a great song.
0: It's a good song. It's a very good it's song. But like song. I said, I think Tangled Up in Blue is a better song. I think Hurricane is a better song so
1: i'm you know. sorry i'm sorry <laughs> yeah you know what i mean it just goes
0: uh jack's having the technical difficulties tonight it's gonna be one of those shows hang in there people let's see if jack can come back
1: Insane that dylan is overrated Mom-
0: and again
1: in and out see regardless man. of 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 you know music art literature bob dylan one of the greatest writers of all time overrated my ass mark flynn you goddamn son of a bitch
0: what's up with bob dylan's voice like lay lady lay and knocking on heaven's door he had a normal voice then what did he get freaking lazy yeah yeah you it's listen a, to those a, two songs knocking on heaven's door and lay lady lay he has a a, a decent voice it's it's a it's a those are good songs then all of a sudden he goes everybody must get down. <laughs> he just got lazy. It's like he just got lazy. I don't know,
1: Scott. I think I kind of like his voice. So what's up? What's, um, what, really what's your take on
0: what's your take on the two different voices?
1: Um, I think that uh, his voice was his trademark to a certain extent.
0: But why were those two songs sung in a whole different tone, in a clear, like he sang from the throat, not from the nose. He sang from the gut, as they say. Not through his nose. This is how he sang. Ah, Here we go. It's going to be a long night. Jack's probably talking right now. And I don't even know who you're hearing, me or Jack, but (laughs) Jack's. Frozen again. Ah, like I say, we do this live. We do this live. So I could go into the whole, uh, whole comedy bit like Jack did on me. Um, but I, I have a little more class than that. But you know, maybe. Let's see. Hold on one second. da That's uh. That's da. You know what? He called me. So let me call him. He now he's off the. I'm
1: way. totally off.
0: Jack, Jack. I think I think this is a good time to tell you that you're fired. This, this. <laughs> I think I think uh, this is the revenge of of, of Scotty. Uh, I believe you. You tried to, <laughs> you tried to pull this on me. Oh, I don't know, a month and a half ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, the 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 people they were sending me emails all all along, saying that you, you you're oh, hold on you're back. Let me see if you can come back on. No, you are just all jacked up tonight, buddy. Dude,
1: I don't know what's going on. I'm plugged. I'm plugged directly into the uh, modem.
0: Okay, you're back on. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up on you now. That wouldn't be the first or the last time that you right. hang
1: up on me. Hold on. That's
0: right. So. We had a discussion last week about the the fifty one fifty Van Halen, right? Jesus Christ! Yeah, well, I, I did a little more digging, and maybe you're right. Maybe it wasn't named after his amp, but you know what it was named after? Are you there? Oh, fuck! <laughs> this is this is dragging. Out. Well, I'm I'm just going to tell you in 1983. Eddie Van Halen had a studio built in his backyard. He named the studio 5150 in yes, 83. Uh-huh. So that album was named after his studio as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, but, but the 5150 still comes from the the police
0: code. Yeah, maybe so. But he named it after the studio, not the police code.
1: <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs>
0: I'm sticking to that. You're yeah, an idiot. Yeah. Scott, the IT guy, thanks for coming to the show halfway through. Yeah, it's another mixtape episode. No, so no, no. what?
1: L- listen, listen, you're you're an idiot. I mean, you <laughs> know, whether whether I is your point, is your point that the album 5150 <laughs> was named after the studio? Yep. That that is retarded. Nope.
0: Nope.
1: You're you're a goof. 5150 was a code that that was for you know somebody California was Penal
0: Code for right yeah
1: right yeah, yeah so what
0: so what <laughs> so what so <laughs> what so shut up stupid yeah head. Scott the IT guy says uh, oh my Jack apparently needs new internet then get it for him Scott the IT guy if you want yeah, any I- of that hot sauce money you'll get you'll get the job done
1: I don't know what the hell's going on I'm like I said I was plugged right into the intranet. Well, when you were off, you never sounded better. So what do you got for me? Uh, that's wicked funny. <laughs> what do you what do you got for me? You got any more? Hey, I, I I actually do have a question. I got a question. I have a question for you. Okay. So Peter Jackson, the director of the Lord of the Rings yeah. trilogy and The Hobbit and that type of thing, has a six part series based upon the let it be sessions of the Beatles when they were essentially On their downslide and on their way to breaking up. And it started to make me think a little bit. Like, I think for years when we were kids, we were just horrified that the Beatles broke up, whether it was Yoko Ono or whether it was John Lennon or whether it was Paul McCartney and whatnot. And as we grew up for years and years, people were speculating and hoping that the Beatles would get back together. So my question to you, and I do have a couple of follow-up questions after this, is do you think that it would have been beneficial for their legacy, for the Beatles, to actually have gotten back together? No. Please explain. I,
0: I, I think that that's part of the legend. The What, what could have been? I think that's, that's uh, a part of Nirvana's legend. I think that's part of Amy Winehouse's legend. What that, could have that, been that
1: their that their lives ended prematurely. Yeah. And the and Beatles John, broke John up. John Lennon too. John Lennon too. Yeah,
0: John Lennon. But it's like the Beatles broke up and everybody always wondered, oh, what would what could what could have been after that if they stayed together?
1: Um Well, I mean I mean it was it was constant, right? I mean, I remember as a kid, it was constant the Beatles getting together. I mean, they had a, a parody about it or they had a bit on Saturday Night Live about it. You know, constantly on radio and those poor bastards, every time they got in front of a microphone, they were asked that. When are you getting back together? Will you get back together? Will you reconcile with Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr and and George Harrison? I mean, it was constant. Um, You know, I think I alluded to to this in one of the previous episodes that around the time that Live Aid happened, I think it was the fifth anniversary of Live Aid. Somebody had, had speculated or maybe it was the anniversary of John Lennon's death of what would have been. And the speculation, in the fantasy, would have been at Live Aid that the Beatles would have actually walked on stage together, which may have been the case. I mean, who knows?
0: So, isn't there, isn't there, some tapes that just popped up in in the recent years uh, where they did get together? Like it was it wasn't for any show. It was just they all got together and they just kind of jammed. Nothing official. No, no album. Uh, somebody. I I believe I heard something about that. that yeah, they, I don't.
1: I don't think that's true. I don't think the Beatles were. It was ever, later on.
0: It was later I, on.
1: I don't think the Beatles were ever in the same room together. Not all four of them. You know. Now there are tapes out right. there where John Lennon and Paul McCartney were playing together. Right. But I don't think there was ever an instance where all four of them were back in the you know the the same room. Never mind playing music together. I know McCartney,
0: Harrison, and and Ringo uh, yeah, got together. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You yeah, know? yeah. E- I think that was after
0: they... Lennon died, too. I think.
1: Yeah, too. yeah. Even even when they did the anthology sessions, they they recorded a demo that that uh, John Lennon had called "Free as a Bird," which was not a great song, but you know, just a way to kind of um, I don't know, maybe close the loop, or or maybe to sell a lot more records.
0: So you know, who has that same legacy? Who? In recent years, who? The Smiths. It has been one of those. Will they ever get back together again? And they never will. It's, it's. They're not the modern day Beatles, although Morrissey is one of the greatest lyricists in the history of music. If you don't believe me, just go look at read some of his lyrics. But um, they left after four albums, five albums, yeah. and that was it. And they kind of went out on top, and they never looked back i know morrissey never looked back and then there was a lawsuit yada 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 and it will never happen but so let let me ask you this if it if it did
1: happen if it did yeah would you go see them hell yeah okay I flew so to new me-
0: york to see morrissey at the Madison square garden so
1: so let, let me ask you a couple of questions so you know we had um a somewhat similar situation where Aerosmith had a falling out. Was it a good thing that Aerosmith actually got back together?
0: Yeah, because none of them could do it on their own. They they were they were a different type of machine. They still, you know, well, I'd say were because they're done. So um, did
1: it did it enhance their legacy or did it destroy it?
0: It created a new one, actually.
1: Okay. So it added a whole different element to, yeah. to that and a whole other chapter. And I, I tend to agree with
0: Different you. sound, different style.
1: You know. Now let me make a make a comment about another band that that uh, broke up that just this drives me a bit batty. So I don't I don't think you were as much, and I apologize if I'm off base on that, but REM, were you a big fan or not so much? Yeah, I was a fan.
0: I was okay. a fan, I wasn't a huge fan.
1: So Mm -hmm. here's here's one of the things that I just think is ridiculous. So R.E.M., they make all their records in, you know, truth truth be told, in their their later days, they weren't experiencing the same success, maybe a creative rut or whatnot. Although I think that the last two albums that they put out, although not played well or even recognized as great records, were underrated. But they decide that they're actually going to break up and they make a pact that they're never going to play together. Now, my personal feeling, idiotic. Now, never, never mind the fans or anything like that. But why the hell would you lock yourself into a corner? I mean, those guys had a tremendous amount of success. They don't owe anything to anybody, and they've did. If they decided to get back together to do a single, you know, for charity, or even just to play a couple of concerts together because they enjoyed it, why would they lock themselves into such a corner, saying, "Nope, we'll, we'll"? We'll never get to get back together again. It just the same reason
0: any- for the same reason that uh, Roger Waters and Pink Floyd, right?
1: Mm, I think that's a different situation. Those guys had legal issues.
0: Well, yeah, but again, would they? They had legal legal issues after the split. They didn't have it during. They, they they had weren't an act, when they were an active band. They I don't I don't believe there was any lawsuits involving each no, other. No, but
1: the, but those guys didn't get along. That's not the case with REM. I get you. I get you. Yeah. yeah. The, the 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 point is 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 that you know you're an artist and you want to be creative and if you want to play with Bill Berry or you know Peter Buck or Mike Mills, then then why why cut it off why not leave yourself the option like hey you know what we um uh, we might play in the future we might not we're going to explore different things we accomplished everything that we wanted to accomplish as a band in rem but hey you know to eight ten twelve fourteen years ago five years from now if we want to get together in our backyard and play together and maybe we will look at
0: mark freeman just said it the eagles were a great breakup in reunion didn't they say, you know, we, you know, hell will freeze over before we get back together again, right? And then so, they, the whole
1: play on the term, that was so their draw. hell here's, froze here's, over. Here's my question to Mark Friedman. So I'm, I'm not saying that you're wrong, but the Eagles broke up, right? And they probably broke up at the height of their creativity, right? And they went their own ways for whatever reason, and they got back together. Did they ever put together a good album after that? When they got back together, did they ever put together a good record of original stuff, never mind the live stuff or anything like that? I'll even go further than that. Can you tell me two or three good songs that they ever created once they got back together?
0: Look, they didn't get back together to record an album. They got back together to tour and make money. They didn't get back together to go in the studio.
1: They got back together to make money.
0: Yeah, and it was all on the tour. That's where they make money. Um, and that's what they did. You know, rock and roll is like wrestling. It's It's like wrestling. Hulk Hogan was banned from the WWF, WWE. He'll never he'll never come back here again. Guess what? Vince McMahon is no fool. He knows Hulk Hogan would bring him money. And eventually he came back and then left and then came back. Rock and roll is the same way. Oh, that's it. I'll never go we'll never get back together again. Didn't one of the, who was it uh, uh, from REM uh, that had the, the brain tumor? The uh,
1: it's uh, there was Bill Berry, the drummer. Bill Berry, yeah, yeah.
0: And I think that had something to do with it. When he left the band, he's like, I can't do this anymore. And I, I think that took a little air out of the. time. No, of their no, tires. no, no, no,
1: no, it didn't take a little air, it took a lot of air out of their time. Yeah. So, you that, know what I mean? I was that being band was, light. That with band that, was but. that band was never the same. I agree with you, I wholeheartedly yeah. agree with you.
0: Yeah, and I think that was kind of in. And Michael Stipe is a—he's a different kind of dude, you know. Very reclusive. Yeah, you don't see him. He came out of the closet, and that was kind of it, you know. He's not a publicity hound. I think they made enough money, and some people are just satisfied. They're just satisfied. Look at, you know, a uh, uh, head from Corn. He left. He just abruptly left the band. And he came back. He said, I can't do this. I'm not going to do it anymore. And,
1: well, he wasn't, wasn't he the one that kind of went on his Christian journey?
0: Yeah, yeah. And then he came on. Uh, they were playing in uh, the, the city where he was living, and they, they said, come on stage. Just play a song or two. And he did, and he realized, this is what I want. But I, again, I, I just think it's wrestling's like rock and roll is like wrestling.
1: It's you know what I I think the point that I'm trying to make is you know th- there are a number of bands that have gone different ways right yeah you know you you have the Beatles and I think one of the magical things about the Beatles is that they stayed broken up that that question always remained out there and they made music individually and a lot of it reminiscent of the Beatles they just couldn't get away from their their own kind of signature sound and you had you had the Who that kind of like the Eagles. You know, broke up, reformed, broke up, reformed. I think the difference between the Who and the Eagles is that the Who continued to put out new music. A lot of it just wasn't very good.
0: Yeah, you know, you, know, you touched on something. You touched on something, and I and I've said this, and I said this. As a matter of fact, I was going to uh, I was going to dinner the other night with uh, my wife, the beautiful Doctor Vera, and, very beautiful. Yeah, thank you. And Uncle Albert came on. And I said to her, I said, listen to this, listen to this song, right? Listen to how, it, how many different directions it goes in. And this was, I said, this song came out fairly quickly after the Beatles were officially broken up, right? Sure. And so you see the style, like you just said. You see the style. Uh, uh, Uncle Albert is in the same style as A Day in the Life, It goes in different directions, Uh, and I just think a lot of musicians do that. A lot of artists do that after they break up because they have probably a book full of songs that just didn't make it onto the albums when they were in a group. So the same musical stylings, because McCartney slowly started kind of drifting off into his own. He found his, his niche. Morrissey did it when he left the Smiths. He had a lot of great songs. And then he just kind of leveled off, you know? Um, Because when you're in that groove with those people at that particular time, I'm sure there's, you know, I'm sure Steven Tyler has had a book full of great songs that he wanted to put out that never
1: made it onto albums that are probably sitting somewhere, you know? Yeah. So let, let me ask you this. The police broke up at the height of their popularity, their biggest album, their biggest tour, their biggest success and their rise was meteoric. Um, you know they they trended w- way up. I you know I thought that they had a little bit of a, a backstep on on Ghost in the Machine. And I'm not the huge biggest fan of of Synchronicity, but you know by far their you know most accessible most popular album. And Sting called it a day. You know I don't know whether he was inspired by the Beatles or just wanted to do things on his own or it was a personality thing or whatever the case is. But they broke up and they never recorded again really you know I think they did a couple of remixes for our, um, you know greatest hits album, but I don't think they ever recorded anything new. they got together in 2007, I believe, and did a tour saw a video of it not not great you know and again I mean you're talking about years later you know your voice comes down a little bit you there's a little bit of the speed that that you kind of lose and whatnot. But they broke up at the height of their their popularity. Should, have, should you two have done the same thing at some point? Or do you think that they're still making relevant music and that they're still a worthy band and should stay together? Well, you've heard my take on that. Um,
0: two of their best albums came out back-to-back back in the early 2000s, I believe, it was All You Can Take With You all you all, all all you can't leave behind can't leave behind yeah and how to dismantle an atomic bomb right mm-hmm. and you've heard me say this before those two albums are both dynamite albums i mean some of their best work and they're one of those bands that they went on a, a, a what i say a shitty album you know slide uh not up to u2 standards as a fan right um but they're one of those bands that could break out at any time and come out with another bomb album you know yeah. um so no some bands are just i think and getting back to the police i think sting had a game plan I, I really do i think he 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 tolerated his relationship uh with uh uh what's his name the drummer um Stuart Stuart, Stuart copeland. copeland yeah and then he wrote all the songs for Synchronicity, and I, I believe he had a game plan. He was bolting. He was going to make the last money grab, get all the credit writing credit for this album, and then he was just going to go solo. I, and we've spoke on this. The typical, I don't need those guys behind me. You know, yeah, I, I don't need them. There's, they're not the Who. You know, they're not Led Zeppelin. They're not. You know, they're not geniuses at what they do. Although they're both. Very good. Andy Sumner and Stuart Copeland are very, very good at what they did. I wouldn't put Andy Sumner up in the uh you know, up in the echelons of great guitarists, but I could put Stuart Copeland up there.
1: You uh, know? Yeah, Andy Andy Summers, you know, not not a um, you know, big, you know, crazy, fast lead guy. He had his own thing, you know, he had kind of a, an ambient style. He had he had his own style and it worked within that that band. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, th- I think the the interesting thing, you know, maybe Sting, maybe the Beatles, the same thing is after a while you just can't live up to your legacy anymore. I mean, even you know, we talk a little bit about you too. I mean, even how to dismantle an atomic bomb or all that you can't leave behind. There are probably still many fans out there saying, yeah, those records are good, but it's not the Joshua Tree. You know, it's our, it's not our tongue baby. What happened to that stuff? They they. If they were a true fan, they would know
0: no two albums ever sounded the same with U2, which was part of their uh
1: the beauty of U two. No two albums but, really sounded the same. But the 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 point is 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 sometimes the band becomes and the legacy becomes such a monster that it's impossible to live up to it. Yeah. So it's yeah. so it's almost better to cut it out and and to move on and to do something different. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree.
0: You won't get an argument from me. So Let's uh let's kind of change pace here a little bit. So one of our one of our listeners, uh, Todd Sockman, sent me this. He wants it's kind of a uh, a trivia kind of not name that tune, but he I can't play because he sent it to me and I got uh, so I'm gonna read it to you. Okay. So what this is is I'm gonna give you a description of a band. All right. right? This is Todd's Trivia, by the way. I call it Todd's Trivia. I'm going to give you the uh, the description of a band. Okay. You tell me what band it is, then I'm going to give you some lyrics. and Tell me. Uh, uh, what are you doing? Nothing. You better flip that fucking guitar around, buddy. <laughs> Do not make me come through the screen. <laughs> are you I'm, tired again, Jack? Jacky you uh, nappy? Is he <laughs> slipping? I'm I'm sorry. Are you slipping, Jackie? I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm listen. This is how it's going to go. So let me I'm, read you the description. You tell me what band it is. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Remember, you're the good guy on the show. <laughs> Apparently so. You're the good
1: guy. All right, go ahead. Hit me.
0: All right. An English rock band formed in Manchester in 1982 this group is, some of these are easy. This group is regarded as one of the most important to emerge from the British independent music scene of the 80s. This band was signed to the independent label Rough Trade Records. Any guesses yet? Uh, the focus was on a guitar, bass, and drum sound in a fusion of 60s
1: rock and, yeah, po- and, and post punk. My my guess was going to be, but I think it's too early. Was um, no, it can't be. I was going to say Oasis, but I think it's too early. It's too early. Yeah, 1982. Um, so the Smiths. Good man.
0: So let me uh, let me read you a lyric. Like I said, some of these are, some of these are, uh, I'm not going to take up the rest of the time. I'll do like three of them. Uh let's see. How can you say I go about things the wrong way? What lyric? What's that that lyric from?
1: How soon is now?
0: There you go. Like I said, some of these are easy, right? All right, let me give you a, let me step it up a little bit. Born in 1945, this American singer, songwriter, and musician uh, with his break, had a breakthrough album in 1968. In seventy three, he put together a new group with whom he became the most successful on a national level with new live recorded out with a new live recorded album in nineteen seventy six.
1: Sounds like Peter Frampton. No, he was
0: a, uh, no American singer.
1: Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. That's American right. singer. Uh, Then I would say... Let me give you a little more. A Roots Rocker with a classic,
0: raspy, powerful voice. I
1: I already know who it is. It's Bob Seger. There you go, buddy.
0: All right. Uh, And I I can't read you any of these lyrics because you know every single one of them, (laughs) but I will. Tight pants, points, hardly renowned.
1: Night moves. There you go.
0: There you go. Todd's trivia has to get a little more... I mean, he said there was... He sent me the thing saying... Some of these are easy some are not. All right, uh, let's see. Let's see. This band is an American new wave band formed in Los Angeles in 1978. The band gained commercial success in the 1980s, but officially disbanded in 1987, partly due to the lack of success of their album and because of a personal disagreement, which could be any band. This band's first single was released in 79 on Renegade Records, and they appeared on the television for the first time in the short-lived Hollywood Hotbeat. Hosted by former Fleetwood Mac guitarist Bob Welsh, the band had a chart-topping hit on the Top Gun soundtrack. Wow. The hmm. band was inspired by keyboard-oriented groups Kraftwerk, Devo, Spox, and The Screamers.
1: Off the Top oh, Gun God. album. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm trying to think of the Top Gun album. All I can think of is Berlin. Ding, um. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. You got it. Oh,
0: are you kidding me? No, you got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the only song you know of the album. <laughs> so I've never even seen the movie, let alone oh
1: my God.
0: listen to the album. <laughs>
1: I thought I was going to the highway to the danger zone.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, let me give you this one, and then we'll finish this up. We got a couple more things to talk about. So, all right this this one is a good one. This is an interesting one. This singer is an English singer. Wait, wait, song.
1: Wait, 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 wait! Did you say singer? I
0: did. I said singer.
1: I know. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Go I ahead, give it, it to me. Give it to me. Come on. I'm just a singer in a rock and roll band. <laughs> Uh, this singer. I am just a singer. <laughs> <the fuck? clears throat> hey, oh. did we grow? Didn't didn't we grow up with a kid named Caesar Cinderella? <laughs> yeah, his name was Caesar. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you he hated the movie Planet of the Apes. Oh god! Uh, all right, this singer is an English singer songwriter. He has won multiple awards in his career, including Grammy awards in 1999 and 2020 mm. and has twice been nominated for the Brit awards for best British male artist in 2003, he was inducted into the rock and roll Hall of fame. Ooh! in 2004, Rolling Stone ranked him number 80 on its list of 100 greatest artists of all time. The singer began his career as part of London's pub rock scene in the early seventies and later became associated with the first wave of British punk and new wave movement that emerged in the mid to late
1: 1970s. Oh, this is a good one. I don't think I know the answer to this one.
0: Uh, his critically uh, acclaimed debut album was released in 77. His second album was released in 78 and was ranked number 11 by Rolling Stone on its list of best albums from 67 to 87. Hmm. His third album was released in 1979. His first three albums all appeared on Rolling Stone's list of five hundred greatest albums of all time.
1: Wow, wow! I have to, I have to admit, I'm a little lost on this one. You know, because it's kind of all a over little the more. Because it wait, wait, did you didn't you say Grammy Award nineteen? When? Uh, let me see. He, uh,
0: including Grammy Awards in nineteen ninety nine and 2020.
1: 2020?
0: The Grammy Awards that nobody watches because it's all political bullshit and whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Much of this singer's work has been as a solo artist and his lyrics employ a wide vocabulary of frequent wordplay. His hmm. music has drawn has was drawn on many diverse genres. One critic described him as a pop encyclopedia able to reinvent the past in his own image.
1: Wow. It almost, my my guess, and I think it's wrong, would be Rod Stewart, but. No. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't the punk scene.
0: I think I thought the punk scene would give you the a new wave scene. and Yeah. Hmm. I
1: don't know. I'm stumped.
0: Watching the detectives. Oh,
1: Elvis Costello. Oh, my God. I'm going to see him in like a week and a half. Are you really? Yeah. He's playing at the uh, Portsmouth Music Hall nice uh, with with the imposters but god you know what threw me off i i mean he he won he won a grammy in 2020 yeah wow right it, you know it's not in rock it's in sun because he st- he did he did no, a no, total no, no. swap no he he put out a rock album in 2020 it's actually pretty good really
0: because I yeah, know he did a big crossover with he did stuff with Tony Bennett and he started getting into that realm of music for a while. Yeah,
1: he did. He did the Juliet Letters where you know he played with a um, with a string quartet. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, the, he did a stint with uh, Burt Bacharach. They did a bunch of music together. Uh, I just I didn't realize that the album that he put out in you know two thousand nineteen two thousand and twenty had won a Grammy. But and what follow. was he?
0: What TV incident was he infamous for to this day? is he infamous for?
1: Saturday night live band yes. for life Do you know the story he was supposed to play a song and stopped the song and went into radio radio which is a criticism of broadcasting
0: yeah the, um, the, the, he, he wanted to play it originally and Lorne Michaels said no NBC doesn't want that being played because they were all sensitive like you said. It was a criticism yep. on yep. on media, your radio and TV and uh he said fuck that. I
1: yeah. was
0: actually watching that night. Stun- I was watch yeah. I watched that live and I I will remember going, "What? What like what's he doing? Like was that part of the Is that part of the act?" No. Yeah. Ends up he and he got Oh, one of the one of the many that got barred from Saturday Night Live forever. Which by that point, it,
1: it's he's not he didn't miss anything, you know. Ten years after that, total total rock and roll moment, and and totally an icon. I mean, come on, Elvis Costello has got so many great songs, you know, prolific. But he's one of those guys that after a while, he put out so much music that I think that people got lost. And and to your point that he had just made he started to explore so many different genres that you know people were hesitant to buy his tickets cuz they didn't know what they were going to see
0: yeah yeah i mean he he was a different again like i said he he's a different dude man
1: you know he was a different so, dude he was So do you, uh, do you know that, that when he put together his first album you know so there, the Elvis Costello and the Attractions didn't exist he actually had a backing band and the backing band was, was primarily from a band called Clover. And the majority of the band Clover went on to form what famous band of the 1980s?
0: They were Elvis Costello's backup band. On,
1: on Elvis Costello's first album, My yeah. Aim is True. He had a backing band play with him. He did not have the attractions yet. He was a long way off from having the imposters. So the the band that played behind him was a band called Clover. That Clover actually evolved into a band that was absolutely enormous in the 1980s. Mm. I don't know. Uh, Our friend Perry got the
0: right answer. I saw that, and I didn't want to cheat.
1: So Hue- Huey Lewis in so, the news. So it wasn't so much Huey Lewis, although Huey Lewis was asked to play on that album, to play harmonic on it. And for whatever reason, he declined. But there was a good chunk of the news that were in the band Clover that backed up Elvis Costello on his first record. Nice. nice. Now you know. Oh, now you yeah. know. All let
0: right. right. Um, uh, we're coming up on an hour. So let me... Uh, Anything else? You got anything else you wanted to throw out there?
1: I think um, for now we always get that I, think, next I'm good. Week. No, All I right. think I'm good. Well, we we
0: we got we got through the technical difficulties. Everything leveled off. But that's live streaming. That's oh wait
1: wait wait. I do have one thing real quick. Okay. So you know we were talking about bands that broke up that should have stayed broken up, right? What about right. what about Motley Crue that said that they were going to break up and even signed a contract in blood or some bullshit like that. They would never play together. And this post that they were supposed to go out on tour. They got, they got um, derailed by COVID, but Vince Neil huh. continued to tour here and there bloated, overweight, can't sing or anything like that. Did you see what happened to him this week? Yeah. He
0: fell off the stage and broke his ribs,
1: fell off the stage and broke his ribs. <laughs> but in, and, in my, and by the in, way, in you my, just
0: criticized me on saying singer. Oh, you said, Motley Crue said they would never broke up.
1: <laughs>
0: see, I'm listening. I, I, I listen, and I pay. I, I, I give payback, buddy. They said they would never broke up.
1: They so, would never break see, up. They, see, all right. They, they broke it up. I, okay, where are even? <laughs> they should have stayed broken up. They should
0: have stayed broken up. I saw them kick off their tour, uh, their reunion tour in Fort Lauderdale, and, and it was a great show. They put on a great show. Um, yeah,
1: but he can't, he can't sing anymore.
0: Well, he could back then because this was this was uh,
1: this was he is no he is no longer early two thousands. He is no longer a singer.
0: He's not a singer anymore. Yeah, they should have raked breaked up. Mick Mars was propped up on like a bodyboard. <laughs> oh, that poor bastard! But we'll talk about him another time. All right, so let's get into today is oh, October twentieth in rock. Yeah, are you? Why do you have your mouth on the mic like you get? uh, I was
1: just, I was, I was,
0: I was just a family show on this day in rock. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, (laughs) Uh, let's see on this day in rock in 1961, the Beatles played a lunchtime show at the cavern club Liverpool. And tonight they appeared at the village hall in naughty ash, Liverpool on this day in 1962. Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Kickers started a two-week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart with what song?
1: The Monster Mash.
0: There you go. Classic, legendary, iconic song. It became a number three in the U.K. 11 years later in 73. The song had been banned by the BBC in the U.K. and deemed offensive. Jesus, they were fucking politically correct even back then, those bunch of uptight
1: bastards. I'm, I'm already I'm already kind of running through the lyrics in my head. Why the hell would they ban that song?
0: Exactly, because they're, you know, the Brits. Uh, on this day in 1964, the Rolling Stones played their first live concert in France when they appeared at the Paris Olympia. On this day in 1967, Davy Jones of the Monkees opened his own zilch boutique in Greenwich Village, New York City. Who cares? On this day in 1969, The Who played the first of six nights at New York's Fillmore East, performing a two hour show featuring the songs from Tommy. On this day in 1973, The Rolling Stones went to number one in the U.S. single charts with. And what? 1973? In 1973. I will guess Angie. Good man. The group's seventh U.S. top chart uh, topper, uh, number five hit in the U.K. On this day in 1976, Led Ze- the Led Zeppelin film, The Song Remains the Same. The worst rock and roll movie <laughs> in why, history. That's
1: why Bloring. I paused. That's why I paused. I knew it was coming. From the Man Song Remains the movie. Lame. That movie is terrible. <laughs> terrible. Uh, worst performance. Worst over bloated. <laughs> oh, my God. Jimmy Page, you're a brilliant <laughs> guitar player. T- just put the fucking violin bow down.
0: Uh, that was that they that that was an iconic moment. It was it oh, was original. God. It, I, I
1: remember, you know, you know, Led Zeppelin was long gone and we went and saw the firm, and people were just like, oh my God, he took the bow out. I was like, ah, I'm going to get a beer. <laughs> <laughs> in on this day in 1977,
0: Susie Sue and Kenny Morris from the Banshees were arrested and held overnight at Holloway Police Station, London, for causing an obstruction after a London gig they were both fined 20 pounds.
1: Susie ooh, ooh. Sue,
0: kind of a, she's a good conversation piece for another show. Yeah,
1: Interesting. absolutely. Interesting. Yeah.
0: On this day in 1977, Ronnie Van Zant, Steve Gaines, and Cassie Gaines from Leonard Skinner were all killed, along with the manager, Dean Kilpatrick, when their rented plane ran out of fuel and crashed in a densely wooded thicket.
1: Street. Not not ran out of fuel. The pilot made a mistake and dumped the fuel. Yeah. He dumped it.
0: Yep. On this day in 1978, the police made their U.S. debut at CBGB's New York. The trio had flown Wait. on low-cost tickets with Laker Air Train from the U.K. carrying their instruments as
1: hand luggage. So where where did where did they play their second show in the U.S.?
0: Uh, da, 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 da. uh was it that uh the other club in new york no, max's kansas city they played the rat skeller in boston the rat in boston okay the police made the yeah okay so 1979 on this day in 1979 the Eagles started the nine-week run on the u.s album charts with the long run the band's fourth album oh here we go on this day in 1984 wham Started a three-week run at number one on the U.K. Singles charts with Freedom, the duo's second number one. The song was used in a Japanese commercial for Maxwell Audio Cassettes. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of, I think I mentioned her earlier. On this day in 2003, Amy Winehouse released her debut album, Frank. Named after who? Named after who? Frank Sinatra. There you go. It's pretty easy. The album has now sold over one million copies.
1: Well, more than that. Hey, do you point. do you think you know, we were talking, we spent a lot of time uh on on this uh show talking about bands that broke up. Do you think that uh when George Michael left Wham, how how long do you think Andrew Ridgeley's you know hung by the phone waiting for the call to reunite Wham and put that magical act back together? Because he contributed so much to that duo.
0: You know how much money Andrew Ridgely makes off those Wham songs?
1: I'm sure he makes a fortune.
0: Dude, he 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 laughs all the way to the bank. He went into uh Formula 1 racing. He just started yeah, living yeah. his life. You know? He just started living his life and he laughs all the way to the bank. You know? He's making killer money still to this day off those Wham songs. So, ah eh. I don't think he was really in any hurry to do anything. One of those guys that could just walk away, Jack. He just walked away.
1: So so I'm I'm I just looked up on on my phone. So to your point, Andrew Ridgely, he is now 58 years old. Spent a short period of time in Wham is worth how much? Uh 100
0: over 100 million.
1: No, not not that much. 80. The poor guy. The poor guy is just getting by with forty million dollars. Yeah. I told you, forty forty million dollars. George Michael could have gotten one of those orange highway cones that put him next to him on stage and would have had the same effect as Andrew Ridgeley being in that band.
0: Andrew Ridgeley was actually a big part of why that band was. He kept George Michael straight. He kept well. He didn't keep him straight. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that's a faux pas. He, he kept them under wraps. He kept him under control for a while. He was he had a big thing to do uh with behind the scenes and keeping that money machine moving. You know? Yeah. Uh let's see. And I think that's probably it. Let's see. Born on this day, anyone of any significance? Uh Tom Petty. Born on this day in 1950. Still breaks my heart. Damn yeah. It. Yeah. Let's see. Who else? I don't think you can top that. Snoop Dogg. Happy birthday, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <sighs> uh, <there's- laughs> Sipping on gin and juice. Yeah. All right. So that's it, buddy.
1: Quick Let's hour, man.
0: Let's call it a show. Uh always always a pleasure having
1: you, buddy. It's always <sighs> good. Can you imagine if you and I finally decide to break up? That one of us will await the other's call, just counting their forty million dollars. Easy,
0: Andrew. Easy, (laughs) easy, Andrew. Remember, I got three other live streams, so you know. If if you want to come on, I'll I'll take you on.
1: That's okay. You can call me Andrew. That makes you George. And there's nothing wrong with that. that? What's the matter with that? Absolutely nothing. George, don't ever forget.
0: Don't ever forget. Wake me up before you go, go, Jack. Wake me up before you go-go. Because all I want is my freedom. I won't let Uh, you down.
1: Well, you're really rolling there.
0: (laughs) And let's quit on a high note. All right, everybody.
1: Was was that a high note? Are you shitting me?
0: Uh, (laughs) And Scott, the IT guy, once again, well, he failed to leave the outro. So (laughs) I'll do it. I guess I can do this on my own. Listen, if you like the show, share it. If you like it and you're not subscribed, please subscribe. Uh, Tell your friends about it. It's always a pleasure, like I always say, and I think I speak for Jack, uh, doing the show for you people. To quote my favorite artist, Morrissey, the pleasure, the privilege is mine and Jack's. So with that, we will call it a night. All right, Jackie boy, stay on. Aren't you going to play your guitar? This is your chance to play that thing.
1: Come on, come on!
0: You do it. You and Scott, the IT guy, you got a ukulele. (laughs) Good night, everybody.